So um, I will start with a few announcements um, and then uh, uh, and then we'll begin. So <clears throat> uh, so first, a warm welcome to all of you who are zooming in from wherever you are and all those who are listening or watching later, uh, especially from our sanghas in Madison, England, Switzerland, Alpine, Texas, and our dear friends in Hawaii and Chicago. Uh, Apamata will remain closed for the time being. This is to assure the safety of the Sangha and we hope you will be patient as we attempt to learn how to allow folks to return safely. I'm very sorry for the circumstances, but very glad this move online has allowed more people to participate from a distance. Our May intensive has been moved to June 22nd to the 28th. We'll be getting more information and registration forms out shortly. We will continue our practice period for the time being, so please pay attention to the four Brahma Viharas, both as you're receiving them and as you're radiating them. As a reminder, our theme for the practice period is the Brahma Viharas, or the four immeasurables of benevolence, compassion, empathetic joy, and equanimity. So Joan has graciously agreed to continue in her role as head student through the June intensive, so please take advantage of time with her. Uh, Tuesday, Flint will again offer inquiry on Zoom, and the link is in the calendar. Saturday morning, there's a meditation and discussion of women in Zen at 8 o'clock, followed by the Buddhist Action Now meeting, which has moved to 2 o'clock. So there are many offerings each week, so please consult the calendar for them. So what I'd like to do today, um, first of all, um, the Washington Post this morning has a story about the protests in Austin um, and the surprising violence protesters have faced. Um, and this is truly shameful. So we have a lot of work to do right here at home. What I want to do is uh, I'd like to break us up into groups of um, three uh, so that we can respond to some questions. And I'll tell you what the questions are now, and then I'm going to uh, see if I can paste them into the, I'm going to try and paste them into the um, uh, window for each of the, um, let see, I, I'm going to have to type them in, I see. Okay, so um, hold on just a second. Um, so here, here are the questions. Um, uh, how are you right now? Uh, and the second one is, what is your present challenge in your practice? So I'm, I'm typing these up so I can paste them into the um, windows for each of the rooms, the breakout rooms, so you'll have them to refer to. Uh, the third one is, what are you most looking forward to? Uh, the fourth one is, what is the work we still need to do in the world? Um, <clears throat> and then the fifth one is, how do we bring Oops, hold on a second. <laughs> How do we bring meaning 
to our lives in crisis? Or how are you bringing your life into meaning um, in these times? And then the last one is how can Appamata best, best support you? So I'll paste those into the chat window in the um, breakout rooms. So I'll visit each rooms and I'll paste these into the chat window and they can be the topic for our conversation this morning. And I think uh, we want um, probably at least a half hour for this. Um, I would think um, we might need a little bit more, but, uh, but let's, uh, let's, I think in groups of three will be the easiest uh, to manage these uh, sets of questions. So, um, so maybe the monitor can uh, break us into groups of three and then bring us back at, um, let's see, it's 1030. Uh, okay, all right. And I'll just join each of the groups and paste these questions into the chat window. How was that? Good. Great. Great. <laughs> I think we need these opportunities to connect with each other in this sort of smaller groups so we can really um, be a little bit more intimate in a way. But it was, um, I really enjoyed the group I was in. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the group you were in. <clears throat> I'm curious if you had any um, in your group uh, thoughts about uh, ways that Appamata can support you if you got to that question um, or what you, what, uh, what might be needed, and also what work you feel our Sangha has ahead of us. Sam, <clears throat> something? Joan? Yes. Uh, uh, oh, both Jones. <laughs> Joan Harmon first, and then Joan. Joan, you go first. Well, we talked about uh, reaching out to people who aren't showing up, and I think sometimes people are depressed or feel isolated aren't good at reaching out. So I would be willing to be one of the people if you set up a phone kind of a thing. Grace had set a phone chain, but something where I had three people that I would call. Uh-huh. And people who aren't showing up because the isolation is creating depression <laughs> isolation. So just a little bit of caring sometimes helps people. Yeah. We don't have phone numbers for most people, but we could certainly advertise it and see if people would like that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and set up a place where they can, they can give us their phone number if they would like that. Even I suppose we can email. email. Do we have email for people? We have emails for people, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, through the email list, but I don't necessarily know individual emails. Like if you ask me what's... Uh, you know, what's um, Paul's email address. I'm in the email, in the um, Appamata email list, it might be just his email and not his name that's that's on the list. So we have a lot of emails without people's actual names attached to them. Uh, I'd be willing to volunteer to uh, draft an email to the Sangha about that. Okay, and I'll, um, I'll set up... Uh, I'll set up um, a little form that people can fill out if they would like to be contacted. What about um, asking uh, people if how they feel about uh, 
making their phone numbers and email addresses available to everyone in the Sangha. And then if you know someone and you decide to call them, you could just do it. Sure. That's, that's basically what I'm saying. You know, that's basically what that form would be. Yeah. I'm thinking about all the research, the social research about opting in as opposed to opting out, having the default position be, yeah. Um, send us your name if you don't want somebody to call you. Oh. And otherwise, oh. we may call you. Well, there isn't any, if they don't give us their phone number, we can't call them, you know? So yeah, they we're were automatically happy. opting in if they give us their phone number. Yeah. yeah. I think we've made it clear that it's just a simple call to say hello. Yeah. Not a big, long. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're yeah. okay, would like to. Just a check-in, a little yeah, short check-in. Yeah. yeah, that would be. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I can create that form and then I can send you the link, Joan. So, um, yeah. Um, I have a question. I'm wondering if people are, and maybe this is kind of an outside of Appamata question too, um, is if people, whoops, well, oh, there we go. Um, if people were interested in, in in meeting either like outside, like um, either a small group or just one-on-one, -on -one, um, either like with masks and the six foot um, difference. I know I am I am craving seeing people. Um, yeah. Real presence, not, not the Zoom thing. It's and, real challenging as the temperatures reach the triple digits to do that, but. Yeah, it has to, well, yeah, that's true. It has to be in the morning or in right. the evening or someplace where there's where it's cool in the shade. Yeah, yeah. That's um, you know. I don't know if anybody's interested in that. Um, well, the way you find out is you send an email message and see if people respond. Okay, if you don't mind me doing that, then I will. Oh. I didn't know if that would be a problem. No, not, at all. not at all. All right, then I will do that because I. There's a footnote for that. That it's. I, I just want to mention as a footnote. I. I feel like with some of these gatherings is it's like there's not agreed upon um protocols safety standards or something or, yeah. or, or protocols and so it'd be great if they were really clear and then really adhered to like the wearing of masks or the distance and i know it's really hard to do those things um but anyway just something to think about yeah yeah, you would. That's what you would set up as to when you were setting up any kind of that that kind of meeting, and then you would explain that. Yeah. I yeah. I think that I'll put up a, a general email and say there will be safety, and then the individual people. Because some people don't. If it's outdoors, they don't care if there's a mask as long as you have the distance. And there are other people that. Yeah. Masks, so. Yeah. If it were a little cooler, we could have a little picnic lunch or something. You know. Mm -hmm. the masks, masks are really for the other person's protection yeah it, it masks don't protect you they protect others so if someone doesn't care about the mask well they aren't protecting others right yeah, yeah but some people anyway uh, yeah but some people in any case have a preference one way or the other so that's yeah. just something to work out with the individual i, I think yeah so um, so barbara uh yeah i just wanted to 
I, I've been thinking about this too, and we need to think of a way of a, a good place to do this, that mm -hmm. there's an, enough room, you know, um, besides a park, you know, and I don't know if any Sangha members have big yards or something like that, so that it would still be, you know, have this community feel to it and we would, you know, but at the same time, it would be plenty big for uh, for as many Sangha members as, as can make it. I'd be a little bit leery of having too many people together myself, but I don't know. But if it's a big space, like an acre or something. You know. Oh, okay. Well, that's outside of my yard. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm living on an acre close to town, but it's, it's a... Uh, it's not the kind of where you you could spread out on the ground, you know. It's not a, a lawn, okay, is what I'm saying. But I, I suspect that there are people that do have those kinds of do have good big good spaces because I've heard them speak of it before. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out. It'd yeah, be yeah, yeah. And, and two, it could be. Um, uh, it might be kind of a, a dress rehearsal for someday having being able to meet as a sangha again and and sit together again someday. You know, yeah. when the, it come fall or early winter, you know, something like that. <clears throat> kind of start thinking about where it could where they're talking, they're talking seriously about having a vaccine available in the fall. Mm-hmm. Well, your morning walks are wonderful. Yes, uh, they are. They are quite wonderful. Yeah. But the benefit of doing what Laurie suggests would allow people to converse with one another at a safe distance. Yeah. Wearing masks. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We do that a little bit at the beginning and the end of the walks when we come into a circle. So there's a little bit of a check-in. Well, this, yeah. morning, this morning thing has been like that breaking out into small groups to talk. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So so nice for people to get to know a couple of other people a little better and feel a little more connected. Yeah, it's hard in a big group like this to get mm -hmm. that same sense, right? Mm -hmm. I think the breakout rooms are probably a good thing. <clears throat> so anything else? And wants to talk. And yeah, I was I was struck by how um, doing the breakout room and hearing from other people really helped to deal with some of my challenge. Oh, good. Which was nice. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 So. So I I hope this is a helpful. I love seeing all of you on all of your faces, and um, I hope you feel welcome. And despite this weird format that we're in, and uh, and at least you get a little view of the Zendo. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you remember it's still here. <laughs> I've been saying I feel like I live on a movie set, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Waiting for the other actors to show up. <laughs> <laughs>
It's a one-act play. You didn't right. realize that's what you signed up for. I didn't know. Bridget? I raised my hand because Mary remarked that she's working on a project that provides, has an offering of, of some three EMDR sessions to healthcare workers after oh. their shift. And I know there are people among our Sangha. I don't, Mary, is that something that people like Anne or other people uh, who are providing, who are providing healthcare services can access that? Or is that only through certain institutions that you're already working with? She's muted. You're muted. Yeah. So that's a project that is um, specifically gearing to provide um, for a seat in Ascension and also a hospital in Dallas. So it's oh, not. Okay. okay. It's um, not available to others. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing to know about, though. I think that's really. And in a sense, that's what we're trying to do for each other <laughs> is even though we're not professionals, by just listening, we can, and being heard, this connection is essential. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly essential for me. I mean, um, this is uh, such a wonderful opportunity to connect with you all. and. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful that we have it, even though I would much prefer to see you in person and give you a big hug, you know. So Flint was saying, if you do this, put your hand on your heart and put your other hand over it. That's me giving you a hug. <laughs> you can just do that anytime and you can feel me give you a hug. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Claudine? Claudine is muted. Can you? There we go. I just want, I, I will not take part of any physical meeting as I live over the ocean, but <laughs> in less than three weeks, I I happen to to talk to Mary and to Nancy and Sandra and Bridget and Kim as well. So I have a feeling that I begin to to know you even if I've never seen you before. Maybe I never see you in my life, but <laughs> even on Zoom, I can have a feeling of coming nearer. Good. And I wanted to, to say and, that. And are you living in London? Are you, where are you living? I'm living in Switzerland. In Switzerland. Yes. Well, maybe we will come and visit you. <laughs> come here we'll go there yeah yeah well flint and and i did retreats in switzerland in um Schmendesus. um so uh so I, I have very very fond memories of switzerland and i would love to return it's so beautiful you are welcome it's how i met flint I yes. took part in the last retreat in uh, uh, 2018 in that's how I came to, to retreat and Buddhism. Uh -huh. mm. Well, welcome. I'm so glad you're able to join us. Uh, it, mu it must be like late afternoon or evening for you, right? Yes, it's uh, end of afternoon. It's almost six o'clock. Oh, oh. Well, how good. Seven hours. So I can take part only in mornings, uh, events. Evening is too, too late at night for me. Well, you know, we have morning sitting at 6.30 here. It's probably like midday for you. 
Yeah, I've, I've seen that. Yeah. I might have. Yeah, why not? Yeah. How wonderful. Well, it's so great that you could join us, and I'm so glad you're getting to know folks and feeling connected. That's very good. Yeah. I'm I'm really grateful for this Zoom format, um, and I just I just want to say one for me that I'm a ways outside of town. It's very satisfying having Zoom and connecting with you all in small groups and individual practice discussion and like this. It's it's a big boost for me, and it's also allowed um, more people like Claudine you know, to join us. And uh, I, I want to mention also, so I had tea with the head student in the Madison Sangha this week. Oh, uh, connecting with some of their offerings. And Wonderful people in Madison, yeah. It's just been a big uh, bounty, you know, I think, Good. in some ways. So. Good. Yeah. That's wonderful. And so I think um, Anne said, Carlos, you had your hand up. You were. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I wanted to to know, first of all, if we can do some kind of questions to you about, for instance, the reading that you have did, because that reading was so interesting. And yeah. I have one question about it. I would like to know if we can do a question. Of course. Okay, my question is uh, about this reading that is, is really very interesting and I hope we can read that one afterwards because just hearing one time, is it was so, so fast. But anyway, would you like to flesh out something more about how we uh, change this kind of negative, negative, things that we have into positive ones, how is the process, how is that done? Because over there we so, just heard something about that, but I didn't catch really that. Yeah, not so much. Um, I, um, I'll post this reading so that you can look at it, but really what, um, what the practice is, isn't about changing negative feelings or emotion states into positive ones. It's really about this capacity to turn and look right squarely at it instead of trying to get rid of it or um, or avoid it or um, make or it transform them. <clears throat> yeah, it's about that direct awareness in which you see it's all um, as he as he said an ornament. It's like an ornament in the field of reality. So it's essentially empty. You know how uh, like a Christmas tree ornament is empty in the middle? Yeah. And it's got mm -hmm. this sort of shiny outside. Mm -hmm. And so we get kind of captivated by the shiny outside. Um, when we look directly at it, we see everything that it is. It's just an ornament. Um, and we see that it's essentially empty. And also we see a number of things about emotion states when we look at them directly, one of which is they're impermanent. And second of which is they are a physical sensation accompanied by a story and a label. So we say, well, this is sadness or this is anger or this is whatever, right? We have a label for it, but it's never just that simple. It's always way more complex than that. 
underneath our uh, underneath our anger there's our grief underneath our anger there's our worry and anxiety and dread and everything that there is so when we turn and we look directly at it we can see that um, that emotion just as it is and we don't pick it up and start manipulating it and start turning it into something else we see oh this is the sadness so in the um, in the tradition it's basically about seeing it for what it is oh this is what I call sadness how do I do sadness well I have a heavy feeling in my chest my uh, eyes feel like they're watering like I want to weep I you know so I'm first doing a physical inventory what's really happening physically right and what then what thoughts are associated with that physical sensation what thoughts do I do I immediately have oh you know maybe I'm getting depressed again oh no I feel sad you know <clears throat> this is really bad I've got to do something I've got to get out of this sadness or what do we see our agitation around it right um, so we see that that agitation in itself only contributes and amplifies the feeling so um, emotion states at least as far as I understand from neurophysiology only last naturally no more than 90 seconds and yet you see people consumed by their emotions you know hours days weeks months um, and you can see oh it's mind that's fueling that it's mind that's um, that's fostering that that state you know because our emotion states are naturally very um, very impermanent very ephemeral and that's what we see when we go to look at them so you know uh, I've sometimes talked about being on the plane that started to go through some terrible turbulence, you know, and the pilot um, said, we'll be on the ground in 25 minutes, but 25 minutes later, we weren't even circling to land yet, you know? And so I thought, oh, we're going to crash, you know? And, that's, and, I, and the stewardess was facing me in the jump seat, and she was looking worried. And when the stewardess looks worried, I get really worried. And I was in a little tiny plane, you know, and I realized I was happy this repetitive thought don't let my child be an orphan don't let my child be an orphan right so <clears throat> I realize suddenly I realize because I have a practice I'm panicking and I realized oh I don't often have an opportunity to see how I do panic so I started to study it right so I started to feel like okay my chest is pounding you know my my stomach is in knots and uh, my my face is hot and and I'm thinking, this, oh, this, oh, this, is the, this is the panic, you know? And it started to dissipate because I was studying it, right? And so I started to feel bad. Like, wait, I'm still studying this, and I, don't, I haven't even gotten really, like, I, I got a, just a little taste of what the thoughts are that I'm having, but I don't really know really how I'm doing it, you know? So we, we finally started to land. I, we, I thought we were just, like, uh, in the air for a long time so that we would uh, burn up all the gas so that when we crashed, we wouldn't have an you know fire so that was my and I'm looking at the stewardess was looking more and more worried you know so finally we got to the ground and uh, and I said to her well that was really you know that was really scary all that turbulence and we didn't come down when we said we were gonna come down she said oh yeah it's always that way in Dallas and and I said well you looked so worried and she said I was worried about you you looked so worried <laughs> <laughs> So, so we see too, we're social animals and we ramp this up in each other, right? So if we're getting a reflection, if we're scared and we get a reflection from someone else, you're scared too, all of a sudden we're more scared, right? 
Because now there's another person who's scared. But if the other person is saying, well, I think this is going to be okay. I wouldn't worry about this, you know, then we calm down, right? So, so that's another thing we can notice is the impact of our emotions on each other and how influential they are. So anyway, but that's how I would say the practice goes, you know. You have to be kind of fearless about turning and looking right at it. This is my cruelty, you know. This is my dishonesty, or this is my uh, discomfort with talking to someone who is very different from myself, you know. Um, so you have to be able to, you have to have this kind of fearless gaze in which this is arising in awareness and you understand that the awareness is holding it. And also that it's kind of empty. So it's not so much about transforming it as about that willingness to look and to study it. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, a lot of sense. Thank you very much for the answer. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing that can't be digested in practice. There's nothing inedible in our practice. So we, we look at it so that we, so that we have no barrier. Yeah. All right. I think we should do service, right? That's our last, last thing together. So let me get set up.